Would you stand for the reading of God's word with me and turn to Genesis chapter 37? Genesis chapter 37. We're going to start at verse 5. How many have your amens ready to go this morning? Amen. Amen. Now, if you're having a hard time finding Genesis, we need to talk, okay? First book, first book. Genesis chapter 37, verse 5. Joseph had a dream. When he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright. Don't you love it when you're reading God's word and you have no idea what a sheaf is? I just kind of like create something in my mind that I think it is and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Doesn't that sound like a Disney movie? They animated it or something, you know? They put faces on sheaves as they're bowing down. I don't know. It's just, we've been entertaining Gray and Eden all week with all these Disney movies and stuff, so I'm getting my act back of a dad that used to do that many years ago. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Now turn over to Genesis chapter 50, verse 19 and 20. So we jump years down the line, standing in front of the same brothers. Same brothers are going to sell him into slavery. The ones that threw him in the pit, wanted to kill him, but made money off of him instead. So time in the pit, time in Potiphar's house as a slave, and then thrown into a prison that he didn't deserve. And now all these years he's standing in front of the same brothers that hated him so bad because of the dream God gave him. In verse 19 of Genesis chapter 50, it says, but Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. In other words, he was saying, I'm realizing the dream that I spoke to you all those years before because now he was in the palace. And he was having that moment of that dream realized. And he could have had him killed. He could have had him put in prison. But he chose to allow the dream and the vision of God to be fulfilled rather than getting even. Vengeance. Father, I pray for these next few moments that you would literally grab our attention by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray, Lord, for every individual in this room that they had no idea what was going to take place today, but God, you knew every detail, and Lord, you secured the fact that they were going to be here because you choose to speak into our lives. And as we finish out this Saturate weekend, Lord, with this service, God, I pray, Lord, literally it would be a downpour of the Holy Spirit in this room. God, affecting lives, healing hearts, healing our past, our broken and shattered dreams would, Lord, be awakened inside of us, that we would be encouraged 
and we'd be able to go out and realize our destiny that you have. We thank you, Lord, and we give you glory and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Um, this is the analogy that God gave me a long time ago to try to illustrate what he is wanting to speak to us about. Um, and it's like taking a mirror, okay? A mirror that is in a frame. We've all had those, you know. Uh, in fact, you know, that the new whole thing is in, in home building is now your mirrors in your bathrooms have a frame around it. Even if you have the old one, we found out there's a website that you can give your dimensions and they will send you the frame and you can put it right on top of that. And it looks awesome. It's amazing. It's like we're going to frame our mirrors and stuff. So to get the illustration of exactly what happens in life, how many knows life sometimes is not fair? Right? And you haven't found that out yet? Sorry to mess up the rest of your life. But there will be times in your life that life doesn't ask you if it's okay for some tragedy to hit your life. It will be unfair. And the way I illustrate it is, it's like somebody that has a mirror in a frame and it gets broken. It gets shattered. Have you ever had one of those? Come on, ladies. Have you ever had a compact or, or a mirror that you tried to, to use even though it had a few cracks in it? And you're like, I don't like that. Have you ever looked into a mirror that's shattered? All the pieces are there, right? All the pieces are there. But before it was shattered... It gave a true reflection that you could look into the mirror and you were fine with that. You know, hey, man, I'm pretty good looking, man. I'm looking good, man. I'm like, good. You know, that's what we do, you know, right? You're like, wow, I like that. But then you put a shattered mirror in the place of a whole mirror and you try to look in the same mirror. Same person. But it's distorted. You're like, I know I don't have five noses. I know my eye is not where my mouth goes. That's what it, it's like a monster. It's like scary. I mean, you look into a shattered mirror and it's like, who is that? That's a two-headed monster. You know, this is crazy. This is scary. And I can't think of a better illustration of exactly what happens when life happens. And there's so many things that we can talk about. In fact, I remember growing up and I had a lot of things shattered my mirror, Okay. Uh, there was a lot of things that I wish that my mirror did not have to be shattered over, but it was, I grew up in a, 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 a good home. My mom and dad, great mom and dad, uh, raised us in church, but we were really poor. I mean, my mom and dad, blue collar workers, and uh, they, they did their best, but the reality is, is I found out, because my mom and dad didn't have a lot of money, that there was going to be some major issues to my mirror in life. Like the time that my mom decided that she wanted to shatter my mirror. And I'm like, what did I do to you? I'm your baby boy. Didn't you love me? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why in the world would you make me a lime green polyester suit? <laughs> You're talking about shattering your mirror. It's not like your aunt got you an outfit. Your mom made it. You will wear it. Trust me. There are pictures to prove that I had to walk around in a lime green polyester suit. But trust me, you will never see them on my Facebook, so don't even look, okay? There's a moment, a period of my life that I want to forget. I found out very quickly, you know, there's all these things that we try to, to do to, 
to have a good mirror, to, to have a good reflection. We want to we wanna look in that mirror, but, uh, you know, if mom and dad didn't have good enough money for clothes, then that meant also that reverted to our house. <laughs> I lived in some really, really bad houses growing up. I mean, I remember one, it was so bad that, trust me, I didn't want anybody to know where I lived. My brother and I lived upstairs. But the problem was, it wasn't a two-story house. My brother and I lived in the attic. Like, no joke. It was the attic. It was not sheetrocked and made into a bedroom. It was the attic. I mean, rafters, insulation. That's it. Only thing that made it our bedroom was we put two pieces of plywood over the rafters and stuck our beds on top. Do not sleepwalk in my bedroom, okay? <laughs> step off, step down, through the roof, okay? It was so bad. No heating, no air conditioning. I'm laying there night after night in my bed, sweating, trying to go to sleep. Itchy insulation falling all over me. It was just disgusting. One night I'm trying to go to sleep, and I look up, and a big old snake comes crawling down above me. But come on, is that really a bad thing? Because wouldn't you like for your dad to tell you, get your gun out and start shooting in your bedroom? Because that's what I had. That's right. We get guns out of my bedroom. I mean, if you came to spend the night with me, you had to get a tetanus shot and you had to sign a release waiver. In case of bodily injury or death, your child may not show back up, okay? I mean, it was bad, bad stuff. It was so, man, my mirror's getting shattered in all these places. And then there, there's another big one. That, that was when... Uh, I have a twin sister, and my dad walks up to us around when we're getting ready to turn 16. He thought he was just some brilliant, amazing dad because he walks up to us when we're getting ready to turn 16. He's like, probably going to want a car to drive, really. Well, wow, dad, that just, wow, that just came to you one day. Wow, that is amazing insight. He says, well, uh, I want to make a deal with you. I'm a dad now, so I can say this. If your dad walks up to you and says, I want to make you a deal, just run. Okay, Because my dad proceeded, the next things that came out of his mouth was he proceeded to try to convince me and my sister that they were going to sell us their old car. You would think your dad would give you a deal, right? Like give you a little bargain price, you know? But trust me, $450 was full price for this piece of junk he was trying to load on us. No joke. In fact, Darlene, after I mentioned the first service, she looked up, Googled my car between services, and she just got a look at my identity crisis. My mirror was shattered driving this piece of junk. It was a 1974 Oldsmobile Delta 88 four-door. Back when they made tanks for cars, this thing was so big it floated. If you didn't see me coming, you smelled me or heard me, okay? It was so bad, dented in, rusted out. They say, I know I'm not the only one in this room had to use a stapler on the roof, all right? I know. Uh, I'm not the only one who used duct tape to keep lights on and everything. Uh, you know, it was so bad that when I got, I'd pull up on the high school campus, and I did not want anybody to see me getting out of that car. So I'd pull far, far away from everybody else. I'd jump out of the car. I'm like, what loser drives that car? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's me. Uh, so you, you're talking about, man... This is not, this is not what my mirror needs, okay? And so 
it, it was my junior high and, and uh, high school, junior high, I mean, not junior high, junior year in high school, I was sitting in history class one day, and, and tragically, our school district there in western Oklahoma could not afford these for tissue in our classrooms. If only we could have afforded Kleenexes. Because what they put in each classroom was a roll of toilet paper. So one day, as a junior, I'm sitting there taking notes, and some guys sitting behind me were not. Because they took the roll of toilet paper in our classroom, and they unrolled about a 12-foot-long strip, and without me knowing it, they stuck one end of it in the back of my pants. And the bell rang. And I don't know it. So I start trucking out of the classroom, going down the hallways of my high school, going clear on the other side of the campus, and everybody sees me, man. My, my mirror's being shattered, and I don't even know it. I keep seeing everybody dying laughing. I keep going up to people, what's so funny? What is everybody laughing at? And can you believe they lied to me? I happened to head to the guy's bathroom. Getting ready to go in, of course, right across is the ladies' bathroom. And the, just the moment I'm getting ready to come in, I turn the corner, and out walks four of the most popular girls on campus. And they look at me with such disgust, and they go, do you have a problem? And I realized that was the moment that I realized my mirror had just been shattered. I mean, I was no longer just the driver of the green machine. Now I was Mr. Toilet Paper Man. And the reality is, is that's really funny. Come on, that's funny. I can laugh now. But that day was not so easy. I mean, you talking about shattering your mirror. So it was a year later, and it's graduation night. High school graduation night. And we're going to be the very first class to graduate in our brand new gymnasium of our town. And so everybody comes out. It's a small high school. Everybody knows everybody. And what we were supposed to do when it was time to get our diploma, we were supposed to come over here and stand next to the assistant principal, which was also one of the coaches, and he had been one, he had been one of my teachers. He knew me. But for some reason, when I walked up next to him, he announces to the entire crowd at my high school graduation that the next person that will receive his diploma is Rhonda J. Rhodes. <laughs> and no, that's not my twin sister's name. I died. I died a thousand deaths right there at that moment. My mirror was being shattered. It wasn't good enough to be just in front of my entire high school. No, now in front of my entire town and my relatives and friends and neighbors. Everybody's like, and you know what? He didn't change it. He didn't correct it. He didn't say, ladies and gentlemen, I made a mistake. This is not Rhonda. This is Ron. But no, he did not do that. So I walk up here. I am sweating bullets. I am red-faced. I am so embarrassed. I get my diploma, get my picture taken, and I just want to get off the stage. But being the optimistic person that I am, I begin to think this optimistic thought. As I walk over here, I'm supposed to go down the steps, I'm go back and stand with my class. No joke, when I walk down the steps, my entire class begins to chant, Rhonda, Rhonda, Rhonda. 
Wow. What did I do to deserve my mirror being so shattered by so many things? Ten years went by. Come on, ten-year class reunion, right? You went to yours. You know you did. Ten-year class reunion time. You're like, please tell me you didn't go. <laughs> you really are dumb. You're slow on this, aren't you? No, 10-year class reunion, God had been good. I went off to college. I was so smart in college that I graduated with a four-year degree and made it into a five-year plan. <laughs> I sense there's some five-year planners here in this room. You know what? God blessed me with a new car, so you better believe I'm showing up. Man, I pulled up, made sure I pulled as close as I could to the group there in the park of our first event. Might have accidentally honked the horn so everybody sees me getting out of a new car and not the green machine. And I start walking up to the group that is standing there. And guess what? They didn't recognize me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. They didn't recognize me. Seriously. Everybody began to whisper, who's that? Who's that? And you know what? I got an award at my 10-year class reunion. Thank you very much. You know what it was? The most changed award. I did. I got the most changed award at my 10-year class reunion. I mean, come on, think about it. Last time they saw me, I was Rhonda. Now I'm Ron. That's a big change. <laughs> Maybe I need to clarify that on Facebook Live. If you just tuned in, I did not used to be a woman. No joke. You know what the award was? Literally, they gave me an award. I I'm not making this up. It was a mirror. They gave me a mirror with my junior high yearbook picture put on the back of it. That's just wrong in any language, okay? They looked on the outside. But what mattered, and the only reason I was standing there, is because I was the same on the inside. I was a Christian young man to walk the hallways of my high school, and they knew I was a Christian now, and then they found out I was a minister. So my proudest moment wasn't get the most changed award at my 10-year class reunion. You know what it was? It was the moment that they asked me to pray at my 10-year class reunion. All I can say is big, big mistake for them. I don't know if they thought I was going to say rub, dub, dub, thank you for this grubby man, but no, uh, I'm a fire-filled Pentecostal Holy Spirit evangelist called to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, so I'm going to pray. <laughs> you know what? There will be times in our life that our mirrors are shattered, our lives are shattered, the unfairness of life. Do you realize it does? Please don't misunderstand this. There was somebody that was not at our 10-year class reunion that should have been. His name was Steve. 
See, Steve, boy, he had a great mirror. If all you're living for is what people think of you because of what you can do or where you live or what you drive, then he had a great merit. Nothing wrong with what he had. Nothing. He was popular. He played on the football team, ran track, made the local newspaper all the time, chanted his name on Friday night. He lived in a great part of town, beautiful house, beautiful, big old nice pickup truck that so proud, didn't want anybody to ding it, so we'd take up two spots in the high school parking lot. He wanted people to see him get out of his truck, got invited to everything. I'll tell you how good he had it. His mirror was so good and untouched that he was able to grow facial hair in high school. I was doing good to find a nose hair, and he had a full beard. Some guys get it all. Nothing wrong with him being in a raised in a beautiful home and having a nice truck and playing football. Nothing wrong with that. But the reality is if we are counting on the things that we have and the things that are superficial in life as our identity, then in one split second, all of that can be wiped away. Because unless you look in the mirror of your life and you see the reflection of Jesus Christ, then let me tell you, life will be a big disappointment. Life will tear you down, rip you up, and spit you out. It doesn't matter if you're high or low, smart, dumb, poor, rich, all of that. If the only thing that you see when you look into the mirror of your life and you see the face of Jesus and all that he's done for you and he saved you and he's healed you and he's delivered you that my friend is the only mirror that will ever make sense in your life because looks can be gone just like that money can be gone just like that a job a career can be gone just like that we must find that identity we must find jesus christ to be our mirror mender our mirror mender you know what we do with our shattered mirrors? We try to put it all the pieces back together. We use Gorilla Glue, Super Glue, Crazy Glue. You know what that is? Crazy Glue is. You know what that is? That's drugs. Coming alcoholics, cutting ourselves, trying suicide, needing money to be feel important, needing fame. The reality is the only one that can truly make your shattered mirror whole again to give you that true reflection that no longer when you look into the shattered mirror of your life and you look at your past and your dad molested you or your mom walked out on you or you were abandoned or you were made fun of or you went through a horrible disease, you went through a horrible losing someone close to you in death, the unfairness of life, the only way that you can wake up every day no matter what happens, even if you find yourself in a pit, even if you find yourself in a prison, just like Joseph, you've got to realize this one thing is the dream and the destiny for your life is not determined by what you go through or what you don't go through. It is rather based upon one thing, and it's based upon that cross right there with what Jesus did on that. And that, my friend, is where all happiness and identity and purpose comes from.
Steve wasn't at our 10-year class reunion, but he was the one in our yearbook on the senior year that he was, you know, pictured with a girl and, and it had actually color, you know, because they were picked most likely to succeed or most likely to become famous or whatever. That's, that's who Steve was. But he, he had one big, huge shattered mirror and it wasn't because of what life had offered him uh, in the way that we think it should but the reality is is even though his mom and dad made great money and they had uh, they had money and all those things they Steve didn't have one thing and that was being raised in church to know Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior so Steve the one person that we knew would be at our 10-year class reunion he wasn't there because one day after he graduated, he would find out very quickly that life is not always fair and there will always be times in our lives that our mirror is shattered. He went through cancer. He was driving a truck. And one day... All of those things that were so cherished at one point to provide happiness became really empty when you wake up and you realize that unless you know Jesus Christ, there will never be any hope for joy or peace in your life. And so Steve made our local newspaper one last time tragic. He pulled his truck into his mom and dad's garage back in our hometown, shut the garage door and hooked a hose from the exhaust pipe up to the cab. And Steve killed himself. There will be times in our lives, just like so many in this room know, that the enemy will try to do everything that he can to shatter your mirror so that when you wake up every day until you lay your head down that night, that you struggle and you toil and you're overwhelmed with the unfairness of life. And if all we do is choose to look and focus on what the past has done, I'm here to tell you today, today is a new day. Today is a day that God is able to mend your mirror into one piece once again to give you a true reflection of who you are through him because the past will destroy your future. Let me tell you something. Your future, your present, your marriage, your children, your grandchildren, that cannot handle your past. There are marriages all around the globe that have been destroyed because the past was brought into the present. And I don't talk about that in, in, in a third-person perspective. I talk about that in first-person because I had a wife of 13 and a half years that watched me go through cancer and was so detached, so set apart, so far away from understanding who she was in Jesus Christ. Spent my life going around the world telling people, don't allow your past to determine your future. Don't allow your past to dictate who you are. Don't allow your past to paint a picture of who you are today. I had a wife that looked at me after 13 and a half years and says, I'm done. You've done nothing wrong. 
But because of what my dad did to me and my mom, I can't love and I can't be loved. So I know you've been a loving, caring husband and father and you've done nothing wrong. But I'm walking out because I'm allowing my past to destroy my present because I have been convinced that when I look into my mirror that all I see is the pain of what my father did. And if we allow our moments, just like Joseph, at the bottom of a pit, as we allow our moments that we find ourselves waking up in Potiphar's house as a slave, or we find ourselves just as Joseph did in a prison that he didn't deserve, we have a choice. We have a choice. The day that I was diagnosed with cancer at 33 years old, four months later, to be sitting in front of an oncologist for the first time and to hear these words, either you start treatment and you cancel all of your events for at least the next five weeks, you will die. My wife at that time says something that only a five-year-old little girl that was so devastated by her dad would say, sitting next to her husband, realizing she's just heard the words that I'm going to be fighting for my life and the cancer spread and I'm going to have to cancel what I do as an evangelist and I'm going to have to stay here and go through treatment day after day after day after day so that you can survive. And the only thing that can come out of her mouth was angrily to that doctor telling him he can't stop traveling. He cannot stop being an evangelist because that's how we pay the bills. And then she turns her anger and looks at me and says, oh, great. Now we have to cancel our cruise that our, my mom was going to take us on. See, I don't say that in a negative way. I try to illustrate what happens when we allow ourselves to live out the rest of our life because of what somebody did to us when we were five or 10 or 15 or maybe it was 20 for you. Maybe it was 25. Maybe it was year 35. What a husband did or a wife did. See, I stand here so blessed because one day I allow God to mend my mirror. And if you'll do that, you'll realize my destiny is not to be a prisoner. My destiny is not to live in my past. My destiny is not to be that season that I found myself in a pit. No, God's got a purpose. He's got a calling upon your life and upon my life. He's got a destiny. He's got a dream. He's got a purpose for every one of us in this room. And our past cannot be allowed to come into the present because it will destroy your calling. It will destroy your future. It will destroy your children, your marriage, and everything about it. But that is not a time to give up. It's not a time when everybody's let you down and walked out and abandoned you and you feel so alone. Let me tell you, you are not alone alone because my God and my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ he stands here and he says you are my child I embrace you you are wonderfully lovingly made and I see every part of you because if you allow yourself to stay in the pit of your past or your prison of your past then you'll never meet your Heather that's my wife Heather and I are getting ready to celebrate 11 years. 
but I know what it's like to feel loved and to be embraced. I know what it's like that I wasn't going to allow cancer to be who I was. Cancer doesn't get it to find me. The pain of being sexually molested by a man in our church as a 10-year-old. Only five years later to have a youth pastor at another church turn out to be a homosexual and a child pedophile. And I realize that when I wake up with a bunch of other boys spending a night at his house as he's doing something to me. And I would once again find out it doesn't matter that you've already had your mirror shattered. It will continue to be shattered in life. Life will not always roll out the red carpet. It will not always be perfect. But the last time I checked, my God and my King and my Lord is powerful over all, all the past, all the hurt, all of the things that we've had to go through. Because if we don't grab a hold of an identity of Jesus Christ, then the destiny and the dream that God has spoken in your life will always be just one tragedy away from being destroyed. I could spend hours telling you other moments and times in my life that my life and my mirror was shattered. But the one thing that I want to leave with you today is I don't regret one moment that my mirror was shattered. Because you know what? Just like Joseph, he would have never gotten to the palace of his destiny if he hadn't been put in a pit and then sold as a slave, taken to another country, and then wrongly accused and thrown into a prison. So what you need to understand is in order to get your healing over your past what you need to understand is in order to make sure that your marriage is not a just another statistic, that your children are just not another statistic, that your grandchildren are not just another statistic, but you recognize and understand that no matter what I've had to go through, all of it God can use to get me to my dream and my destiny. And the fact of the matter is, if I hadn't went through all of these things that I went through in my life, then for the last 22 years, I would have not had the platform to speak into literally tens, Hundreds of thousands of people all over the globe, 55 countries. I will always take the pain that we have to go through and allow God to take it in his hand. And he's going to say, I'm going to make sense of it. I know it wasn't fair, and I know we didn't choose to go through it, but I do understand one thing. At the end of the day, God is the mirror mender, and as messed up and shattered as our past has been, and the things that we go through, and the things that we will face in the future, it will never get to define any longer who I am. I'm going to be a child of God, and you're going to walk out of your prison. And one day, from the prison to the palace, he was at his place of destiny. Come on, everybody, stand with me if you would, please. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you would take this moment to literally mend some broken and shattered mirrors. God, I realize statistics tell me that there's several in this room that have been molested. Statistics tell me that there's some in this room that have been raped. Statistics tell me that there's been some that have been abandoned. 
Statistics tell me that there have been some that have went through divorce. Statistics tell me there are some that have been verbally abused, mentally abused, physically abused. Statistics tell me there are some in this room that were made fun of. Statistics tell me because of the world standard that when they stand and look into the mirror, all they see is what the world says it's not good enough. You can't be happy. See, the reality is, as we stand here with our heads bowed, as God just stands in front of you and he asks, can I take your mirror, please? I've seen, God is saying this, he says, I've seen the way you've tried to put the pieces together, but it hasn't worked. And it won't work because you're trying to do it. And you can have all the pieces right inside the frame. They can fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. You can have the strongest glue that man has to offer. But it will always be a shattered mirror. Until you allow God with his blood to begin to make it whole again. Because you are not damaged goods. You are no longer a victim. You are victorious. Because we have victory in Jesus Christ. Your dream, listen, this is for somebody specifically. You walked in here today with what you've went through. And because what you've went through and what others and other situations have done to try to destroy you, you have been convinced that your dream, your destiny, your purpose, the vision that God gave you will never happen. Maybe it's because your age Maybe it's because your present situation. But I'm here to tell you right now, if you'll allow God to mend your mirror, because the drugs you tried did not help. Becoming an alcoholic did not help. Cutting yourself did not take away the pain. Allowing your previous marriage, your marriage is to be destroyed because you keep taking your baggage from your past pain and you keep carrying it into the relationship that you're in. It's destroying your children. It's destroyed your grandchildren. But today is a day that God says, I've got a palace of your destiny that I want you to be in. So let me take your mirror in my hand and let me just begin to mend it in a supernatural way. It wasn't until I walked through that process that I got to that place that God says, you've got to forgive. The only way that I was released ever to start sharing my testimony as an evangelist is because I walked through a process of healing and restoration and forgiving. Forgiving all those that have hurt me. Please don't misunderstand anything that I've said here today as pointing towards someone doing something bad or terrible to me or others. Because I haven't always done the right thing. I haven't always made the right choice. I've sinned. I've reacted. But this ain't about perfect people. 
This is about God's people. And today is a new day for you. So with your heads bowed, I just want to quickly ask, I've shared some of the most in, intimate details of my life with you right now for no other purpose but to lift up the name of Jesus and to help you and encourage you right where you're at. Today is your day. And you say, Ron, it's as clear as anything I've ever seen. This testimony was for me because I've got some painful things in my past that I need God to mend my mirror from right now, right now. And you say, Ron, pray for me. I just want you to raise your hand so I know who to pray for right now. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Don't take a chance. You're going to walk out of here and you're going to commit suicide. You're going to give up. Or you're going to torpedo another relationship or you're going to continue to carry it. Today is the day. Anybody else, you can put your hands down after you raise them. If you just raised your hand, we're going to do something very intimate and very personal because we care. We are here to care because of you. If you just raise your hand, I want you to quickly come stand down here with me right now. Come on. We're going to pray with you right now. Come on. God's going to mend some mirrors right now. Can you just pray? Reach out your hands right now. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, give them the ability to forgive. God, right now, put inside of them what you purchased on the cross. As you hung there, Lord, you said, Father, forgive them. Purchasing the ability for every one of us to have the ability to forgive those that hurt us. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, Lord, that the power of Jesus Christ would begin to mend 